Hello everybody, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And welcome to It Takes Two, a podcast where two people watch two movies uh, that have the same plot or premise and then discuss them. And this week we watched The Great Escape and Chicken Run. Yeah. Because this is episode five and every five episodes we're doing something that's a little bit different. Yeah. No, I mean, similar, similar premise, but different. Yeah, I mean, definitely similar premise. Very similar. Um, definitely not twin films, because The Great Escape was released in 1963, 63. and Chicken Run was the year 2000. Yeah, so a little bit of a gap there. Yeah, just a little bit of a gap. I think World War II ended somewhere between that time and before that. Before that! Oh. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Do you know history? Yeah. Uh, yes, World War II had ended significantly before The Great Escape was yeah. released. But it is set in World War Two, And yes. then from the opening sequence of uh, Chicken Run, it's clearly copied heavily. Yeah, so the um, there's a lot of references to The Great Escape in Chicken Run, but probably the biggest one is, a, is how the chicken coops are laid out, yeah. which is obviously very directly inspired by the prison camp in The Great Escape. The... The whole POW thing was very interesting from a from a chicken point of view, but obviously we're we're digressing because we're just talking about the similarity. Well, the, no, yeah, similarities are the, the main purpose. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point. That's why we've chosen these two movies. Yeah. Is that they are very similar. Yeah. Um, there are big differences though as well. It's not Chicken Run is not a Great Escape remake. No. Um, but there are definitely similarities. It's just the premise of the Great Escape, except with claymation chickens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, um, one of the big things off the bat is that, um, obviously in Chicken Run, those chickens have been in captivity their whole lives, whereas in The Great Escape, it it opens with them being brought into the prison camp. Yeah, um, I hadn't seen either of these two movies. Yes, this Um, is the rare case where I'd seen them both and you hadn't seen either. Yeah, which, I don't know how often that will be. Yeah. But, no. But no, it was very, it was very interesting. Like I, I've got very little notes for the Great Escape because I was enjoying the movie so much, which I think, in comparison to movies I've seen, except for Gordy, where I had like almost two pages, yeah. um, it was easy to just get lost in the movie and just continue enjoying it. Yeah. Um, so the massive similarities I noticed just in the beginning. Uh, so Ginger, who's like the lead chicken. Mm-hmm. And Steve McQueen are sort yeah. of like the, the two characters. Virgil Hiltz. Yeah, because they play uh, Captain Virgil Hiltz. Um, the, he's the cooler king in The Great Escape, yeah. and Ginger keeps going in the coal box. Yeah, the solitary confinement, and she does the bouncing ball. But she's doing it with a Brussels sprout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, that is a direct homage to yeah, Steve yeah. McQueen. But it's funny because now, looking back, the amount of other references to The Great Escape that are in the one that sticks out to me is uh, the episode where Maggie goes to uh, daycare, right? And it's the same. It's the same premise. Like they come yeah. up with a plan, and then she ends up being stuck in the box, right? And having to bounce a ball. <laughs> well, The Great Escape is referenced everywhere. Like yeah. it's it's one of those real classic movies that gets a lot of references. It's funny because I think a majority of the movie that stood out as being the reference, you know, the theme, the cooler. Uh, you know the planning yeah um i've kind of learned the plot through osmosis yeah through just popular culture which is interesting for me because i'm pretty sure so i'm going to jump forward a bit here just for Mm -hmm. for uh, sake of uh, my mental health 
The scene where they crashed the stolen plane. Yeah. That wasn't referenced in any... Has that been referenced in other things? Probably. Um, I'm not sure. Because it just seems so familiar and I'm 90% sure that yeah. I hadn't seen the Grayscape before. Yeah. Maybe I caught the end of it at some point in the past. Yeah, that is quite near the end. Or like you said, it could have been referenced somewhere because it... Um, I mean, the Grayscape as a whole is very highly referenced throughout yeah. pop culture. So yeah, just that just sequence. Anyway, um, you the American rooster who's played by Mel Gibson, um, yes, Rocky. There's the Americans because I was looking through in the trivia, which is normally what you do. Yeah. Um, oh, did you do some? You looked through yeah, some trivia. I, I looked through some trivia when I was talking about the changes to the historical event. Right. The historical accuracy of the Great Escape. Yeah. And there was more emph emphasis put on the Americans in the movie to appeal yeah. to the American audience. One of the things, uh, the big things about it is that um, in the actual events, none of the Americans escaped. Yeah. Because the American troops were approaching that area and the Germans were afraid that the Americans they had imprisoned would help their, um, their troops. Mm. So they moved them to a separate camp a week before the escape was due to happen. Mm, interesting. So none of the Americans who were there actually escaped. Yeah. Whereas obviously you have Steve McQueen and James Garner both escape in, yeah. in the movie. Because there's a lot of emphasis put on the American characters yeah. in The Great Escape and it's also the main premise of how they escape through in Chicken Run because without Rocky, yeah. they wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, though it's interesting because obviously in Chicken Run a big thing is that Rocky actually doesn't know how to escape yeah and also doesn't want to help him escape yeah. he's just kind of winging it haha huh. <laughs> until um you know until ginger finds out and that sequence i know we're all over the place in terms of chronological order here but it doesn't really matter that sequence where she where he she finds the lower half of the poster is so dark yeah it's like they cut all the eidetic sounds, so you can't hear the other chickens talk, even though you can see them, and they just have it like Ginger's POV as she's walking through, and everyone looking at her, like, obviously, you can't see what's on her face, but it's so much that everyone else is just stopping what they're doing. Yeah. And there's just this really solemn music. Um, and then she, like, puts the bottom of the poster on where you see that he can't actually fly, he's shot out of a cannon, and thunder and lightning strikes, and the music gets real dramatic. Um, it's so dark. I feel like there's... Weirdly enough, I feel like Chicken Run is a darker movie than The Great Escape. I think The Great Escape in, takes it very lightly. In aspects, yeah, because there's quite a levity to the situation they're in. There's 250 plus yeah. PO, uh, prisoners of, well, I was going to say POVs, but there's not. Oh, POWs. That's because yeah. I said Ginger's POV. Really. Yeah. Um, POWs in this camp who are all people who have escaped prison camps before yeah that's the big thing about the the great escape is that it's all the people who have previously escaped or made escape attempts in mm. other prison camps have all been brought into the one place the there's no real time frame like a looming looming time in the great escape uh versus chicken run which they have constructed this pie machine yep um which is pretty dark when you think of an entire live chicken going into a you know, industrial pie machine to come out as yeah. a hot baked pie on the other end. So that is actually based on um, Nick Park, who is the you know writer director of a lot, a lot of that Ardman stuff. Um, he owned pet chickens as a child, 
named Ginger and Rocky, which is where those two names come from. Interesting. But then, uh, as a teenager, he worked in a uh, chicken processing factory. Ugh. So the idea for that machine came from the machines he used to work in. So he used to put the chickens, you know, strap them by their feet into the machine like that, like it happens in the movie. So a lot of that is from his experience actually working in that industry, um, which is interesting and quite, quite dark in itself because he makes it very dark. Yeah, it's a, it's a... There are certain aspects of that movie which are interestingly adult for a movie that's clearly aimed at children. Yeah. Yeah, there was a few times where I was just like, wow, how'd they get away with it? Like, new kids' movies these days just seem to have no negative, like, real-world sort of aspects to it. Like, yeah. Pixar are doing their best, but even their movies are getting a little polished, if yeah, that's the word I use. that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, they are owned by Disney, and I yeah. guess Disney wants things a little bit like that. Though... They're letting some of the Marvel stuff go to dark places. Yeah. But I feel like Disney are trying to keep their dark stuff in series format rather than a movie format. The other reference that I got from Chicken Run was Indiana Jones. Yeah. The, which is the, when they escape the pie machine. And she grabs her hat from under it. Yeah, after the door slowly closing. Yeah. There's a lot of references on it. It references, you know, a whole bunch of different movies. And a lot of those kind of movies where people are in adventure situations or escape situations and stuff so it makes makes sense yeah um but yeah it's it's definitely it's very heavy on the, on the pop culture references and it's quite a bit of comedy in it but i do feel like it goes to really dark places yeah just a few few times whereas i feel like the great escape keeps it all very light-hearted until towards the end and then that scene um i know we've already had spoilers ready but i'm gonna say proper massive spoilers um, the scene where they're bringing the guys back to the camp and they let, let them go out to, you know, have a break. Yeah. And then they just line them up and shoot them all. That is, that's, I think that's like the turning point. Cause I mean, even parts before that where they're chasing them and stuff like that, they still keep little bits of comedy aspects to it in parts. But at that point you just go like, wow, this is brutal. Yeah. Though I think, um, for me as an Irish person as well, it was very reminiscent of, um, Irish history, when we had our 1916 rebellion, uh, what the British soldiers did was they got all the leaders of the rebellion and lined them up and just shot them all in a line, including the guy in a wheelchair. Because hmm. they were like, you think you can rebel? This is what happens when you rebel. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much the same message they were giving to those soldiers. It was a... Um, the, it's interesting as a movie, um, because normally... Especially these days when you see war movies, they're very happy ending. You know, there's always, they're always, they're, you know, picking a story with a happy, happier ending. Yeah. A lot of them are very, you know, dark in the middle and then happy yeah. at the end. Yeah. Whereas this is, you know, quite lighthearted them all. I mean, especially Steve McQueen's character, who keep trying to escape and coming back and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then in the end, it's just, nope. Because his mate that he kept going to the boiler with was Scottish, wasn't he? Yeah, Ives. Or, yeah, Ives, because who's also reflected in Chicken Run as the one Scottish chicken. No, because there's a second, here's the thing, there is a second Scottish person in The Great Escape who is, um, what do they call him at the end? It's not, they don't call him the brains, they call him the, the intelligence yeah. in the credits. He's referred to as the intelligence, and his name is Mac. And the chicken, who's the brains in 
chicken run is a Scottish chicken named Mac. Oh. So I think she's a direct reference to him. Um, but probably because they only have the one Scottish chicken and she might be doing both because she is also the kind of right-hand man to yeah. Ginger, which is what Ives is to um, Hilts. Yeah. It's just that sequence where he's just like, they find out that they're not going to get out and he just yeah. loses his shit. Yeah. And just commits suicide by trying to climb out. Like yeah. in the middle of the day with no planning, like in a huge crowd. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to walk out of here on the 4th of July when yeah. they're celebrating their 4th of July stuff. Yeah. It's, um, if you haven't seen it, obviously there's a lot of spoilers that have just happened, but as a, yeah, as a movie that I'd learned most of the major plot points through osmosis and sort of the references through osmosis through pop culture, it's still worth watching. Like I have, I have one, two, eight lines about that movie. Because yeah. I was just so engrossed the entire time. Yeah. And it's a and it's, long Yeah, it's long like, time. it is about three hours long, I think, the runtime. Yeah. Um, it's, it's about three hours long, but you're enthralled for the whole time. Yeah. There's lots of little ingenious things, and they explain it to you without being like, here, dum-dum, here's the answer. Yeah. And and some of the things that the prisons are doing to cover up their their work is fantastic. Yeah, and even the fact that they let Steve McQueen, Steve McQueen, let Hilts and Ives do their f- fake escapes that they know aren't going to work. They let them do that because they say, well, if none of us are trying to escape, or if we tr- yeah, yeah, if we try to stop all escape attempts, they're going to start wondering what we're planning. Yeah. And they're going to start looking for tunnels. I just love it. They get into the camp for the first time when they get dropped off. Yeah. A couple of them pretend to be Russian woodsmen. Yeah. Um, some of them just jump straight into the back of trucks that have got like uh, like tree branches and, yeah, yeah. and debris. And they're just like... Yeah, immediately, day one, about ten of them try to escape. Yeah, within like, with the, even the gates are just shut. And they're just like, all right, let's get out of here. Yeah, and see the queen's like, oh, I found the blind spot already. And yeah. it's even... Yeah, it's quite. They're they're obviously very skilled at escaping. Yes, yeah. that's why they were there. Yeah. But I like the fact that it was shown rather than told, because they do tell you a little bit. That like the the colonel who's in charge of the camps going over, like you know, seventeen escapes, eighteen escapes. Rah, yeah. rah, 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 you know, talking to the the officer whose fouls is based on the stiff upper lip British. Yeah. British officer with his cane. Yeah, yeah. He's very, Fowler is very much based on that guy, yeah. like 100%. I think all the characters in Chicken Run have references to Yeah. the actual characters from Great Escape, except they're just way more over the top. Yeah, and I think they're they're not... Um, I think they're amalgamations of some of them. Yeah, they're amalgamations like, I, in there. And some of them are separated. So I feel like Rocky and Ginger are both Virgil Hilts. Yeah. I think they're both him, but different aspects of them. Because Rocky, obviously, is the one who gets to escape and then comes back, which is yeah. what Hiltz does in The Great Escape. He leaves and maps out the area and comes back. Um, but Ginger is the one who's, who's doing the plans over and over and over again and getting caught over and over again and going into the cooler. Mm. Um, so I think they both have an element of, of him in them. Yeah. There's also like the, the cartoonishness of the characters. Mm. Where the, there's a lot of characters in The Great Escape. Yes, and I was a trying lot to make of famous actors. Yeah, I was trying to make well, notes of people's names and who they were, so I could remember them. But I gave up halfway through because there's way too many. Yeah, and it's just interesting seeing so many 
actors that are super famous that I didn't grow up with because it's sort of outside of my yeah. generation's era all in one movie and it's like oh my god this is the this is the I don't know what you'd call it what's it what's it call it the the Avengers the yeah yeah, yeah. kind of I mean there was also um, Magnificent Seven which I think it's the same director and The Towering Inferno all three of those movies had quite similar casts mm. I think they're all Steve McQueen movies uh, I know I think The Magnificent Seven has James Garner in it and a couple other people from Great Escape. So there was a lot of those kind of ensemble casts back then, but I mean, The Great Escape is quite an ensemble cast. Because they're all very famous. Unless you're printing money like Disney were with the Marvel movies. Yeah. It'd be very expensive to do that kind of thing these days. Yeah. Like even, even, uh, I'll take another franchise that's been running for way too long. Um, the Fast and Furious franchise and those later movies like they're not they're not all A-list celebrities doing it it's like oh they've been sort of incorporated within an episode or two of their series yeah and then coming together for whatever I haven't even seen the last three Mm. probably but um yeah, it'd be so expensive to do that yeah. these days. What, what I would think for as equivalent of is, because a lot of these actors are actors that I grew up with as old men in things, mm. playing old men and stuff, um, I feel like it would be the equivalent of the cast of, what are they called, Red? Where it's like, yeah. is that the one that's got like yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis and John Malkovich or whatever, and yeah, like yeah. a whole... Yeah. Um, it would be that. like if, if that cast had got together for an ensemble film in the 70s or 80s. Yeah. Like, that would be insane um, to have all those people in one ensemble cast back in, you know, when they were in their heyday as, like, in their 30s or 40s, quite, yeah. you know, young people. Because you're talking, like, nowadays, most male leads get paid, like, $15 million a mm. movie. So you imagine having that much talent on screen yeah. and having to keep them in situations where, you know, they're not comfortable like i don't know about health and safety in movies from that era i know there was a lot of stuff that they changed yeah um i think ben hur was pretty bad and what was the other one that was really bad there were quite a few war movies where they were literally just blowing horses up yeah but the scenes where he kept getting accidentally buried Mm. like if this do you know what's really scary about that? Charles Bronson, who plays that character, um, he gave them a lot of the, the ideas for how to get, get dirt out because he used to be a coal miner. Mm. But from his time as a coal miner, he had extreme claustrophobia. Well, it makes sense because it's sort of his character. Yeah. But, I mean, he's in there and he has extreme claustrophobia and they keep burying him in dirt in a tunnel. Like, mm. that's commitment. Yeah. That's, that is so scary. Um, yeah, it's, it's very visceral as well because it's not CG shots like you'd get these days. Yeah. It's, they're literally crawling in a tunnel. And yeah. I, I, obviously there might be, depending on how they were filming it, either the tunnel was really wide yeah, and then probably. open as a soundstage with a railed um, dolly for the camera. Mm-hmm. But you're up close and personal. Like you're watching them get like... Yeah. That moment where they're digging and then they hear like the the loose dirt moving. Yeah. And literally just cover their heads thinking they're going to die now. And it yeah. just pours on them and yeah. it's just their feet kicking out the bottom of it. And it's, I mean, presumably controlled falls of dirt and it's all planned. But you can't 
plan for it exactly. And I mean, you have a man in there who is genuinely severely claustrophobic and he's in there and he has to trust that you're going to control this murder. You're going to get him out as fast as possible. Yeah, there was some some fantastic um, cinematography in Kurosuke. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially for its time, you know? Yeah. That's really well done. It's just, I find the, the whole whole movie interesting because you've got all the, the you know, the, the pop culture references that have come into our culture through osmosis. Yep. Um, and you've got just this massive ensemble cast. And apparently, uh, so there's this end sequence where Steve McQueen's character is escaping mm-hmm. and he's got a German motorcycle and yep. he's trying to jump the border wall into Switzerland. Yep. Apparently that stunt is one of the greatest stunts of all time because it was just done. Yeah. He couldn't do it. He injured himself trying it. Yeah. So they got a stuntman in. But what's funny about that to me is that apparently Steve McQueen... I've got a, I've literally got a list on here where I've shortened down a whole bunch of the trivia because so much of the IMVD trivia for, um, for The Great Escape is just ways that Steve McQueen was a dick. <laughs> so I've just written down, Steve McQueen sounds like a dick, and then I've got a whole thing. So... Number one on that list is that he only agreed to do the movie on the condition that they write in scenes for him where he could show off his motorcycles skills. So there was never any motorcycles planned to be in the movie. And Steve McKinnon was like, I'll do your movie if you let me drive a motorcycle in him. And then they have this motorcycle stunt and he fails doing it and they had to get the stunt driver to do it. Yeah, I'll tell you what though. Because old motorbikes were big, heavy and slow. They didn't have a lot of, you know, they're, they're not like these days where everything's made by lasers and computers. Yeah, yeah. They were hand, you know, hand hand turned and stuff. Um, especially during the wartime. Like nothing, everything was machine made, but like putting together mm-hmm. engines and stuff was a big deal. Yep. The, oh, what's the easiest word? Agility that he has on the motorbike mm-hmm. is really, really good. Yeah. Because you see him doing those really sharp turns because the yeah. chase sequence and, in between. And those are, as far as I'm aware, those are all Steve McQueen. It's just the jump that is that mm. they have a stunt driver for. Interesting. Um, he also insisted that they rewrite the script to give his character more to do. Um, <laughs> he wears a gold medallion in the film, which is a gift his wife gave him that he refused to take off. He wouldn't mingle with the cast. He rented a, a home for himself and he got driven to set in a limousine every day. Wow. Uh, he was arrested and jailed for speeding while the film was in production. Joy. And Richard Attenborough said that working with Steve McQueen was one of the toughest challenges he's ever faced in his life. Wow. So that says a lot about Steve McQueen. I guess a lot of actors back in the day was massive. Well, even these days are massive Yeah. Divas. Oh, absolutely. But I just thought it was so funny. I was like, well, because I'm scrolling through. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of stuff on there. Um, but it's funny how much of it is just... Steve McQueen did this thing that made him a dick. Steve McQueen did it. It's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. A lot of the other stuff was just um, facts about the actual story, which you were saying you went through. Yeah. Um, and then facts about the cast. Because uh, I think of five cast members had actually been prisoners of war. Yeah. Um, one in particular was... Um, what is his name? I've written it down somewhere here. Uh, Donald Pleasance who played Colin Blythe, the forger, the guy who, yeah, yeah. who goes blind towards the end of the film. Um, he was such a nice guy in that movie. He's like the one that you're rooting for, so I'm really sad that he dies in it. Because he's like, of all of them, he's the one that I want to escape and get to go see his family. Yeah, it's such a, such a, like a kind of, 
It's a kick in the teeth sequence too. Yeah. Because they crash the plane and they're not in Switzerland. They're not over the border. Yeah. They didn't make it. They're 20 minutes short of the border. Yeah. And then he gets out who's he can't see past his nose. Yeah. And he just turns around to look at his friend. And he gets shot in the back. Shot in the back and he just holds him as he dies. Like yeah, it's the German soldiers so are just pointing machine guns so at him. So upsetting. But anyway, the actor, um, Donald Pleasance, had um, made suggestions to the director um, about, you know, things to make things a little bit more historically accurate. Mm. And the director told him to, like, go away and mind his own business and not do things with the script when he wasn't a scriptwriter, etc. And then one of the other actors said to him, you do realize that Donald was a prisoner of war in a German prison camp? And he was like, oh. <laughs> and then started consulting him and everything from then on to, for historical accuracy. Because I think the others that were prisoners of war were in different uh, places. I think two of them were prisoners of the Allies, so I don't know. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, so, so Donald Pleasance was a prisoner of war in a German prison camp during World War Two. It's pretty harsh. Um, and then he went on to start the greatest Start a movie where he was a prisoner of war in yeah, German prison. Yeah, because I mean, apparently um, James Garner, who I've you know seen in a whole lot of other things, apparently he, during the Korean War, had been a scrounger, hmm. which is what he plays in the movie. So he was using his own personal experience yeah. to figure out what his character would be doing. I like that. Yeah. It sucks for like, to go through that experience and we had that time, you know, history, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's good that people are using their experience to help yeah. on movies. It's really, really interesting because it literally, like, obviously, you know, because it's 1963, so it's about it's just over 20 years after World War Two ended. Um, and Depends on who you follow, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, roughly 20 years, yeah, say, yeah, approximately yeah. 20 years after World War Two ended. Um, so a lot of these guys were, like, what, teenagers, early 20s when yeah, well, that war was going on? It was a full swing. Yeah. Um, so, and then uh, again, like James Garner was in the Korean War, so yeah. there was that as well. So it is interesting to see that, you know, you don't quite get that nowadays. No. I mean, you probably, there's probably some actors who were in Iraq or Iran or one of those, Afghanistan. Yeah. Um. I know you hated weird. it, but some of the characters, um, in Gene Kill, or Generation Kill, are actual marines that were there yeah. yeah um yeah so it's interesting but you don't it's not something that you see super often whereas obviously at that time so many actors were people who had been because there was like conscription and stuff yeah um so you know everyone had been in the war yeah. um so it was really interesting because obviously then as well one of the things about it was that the characters in the movie are all amalgamations of real people, they're not all just like based solely on one person, they're yeah, based yeah, on yeah. bits and pieces of d different people. So it's, yeah, it's really interesting to see the, the, you know, the actors bring their real life experience into that and say, you know, this is what it was like to be in a, in a prisoner of war camp in Germany. I think this is the first time we've spent more time talking about the movie with a higher rating than the one with a lower rating, <laughs> which obviously, you know, The Great Escape is a higher rated movie than Chicken Run. Yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah, I mean, I I love I really love Chicken Run, so I love both of these movies. Mm -hmm. I think they're both fantastic movies. Um, but yeah, but I mean, you'd never seen The Great Escape. Well, you'd never seen Chicken Run either. But. Yeah. After watching Chicken Run, I thought there'd be more guard dogs and because <laughs> you know there's, there's such a premise on the the farmer's yeah. dogs, and I just thought that you know the guard dogs 
ripping prisoners apart would be in the Great Escape, but they weren't. And... No, I mean that's. Oh, apparently that was a scene that was cut from Chicken Run. Was one of the guard dogs ripping one of the chickens apart? Yeah. Which would be brutal to I watch. I can see why that got cut out of a kids' yeah. movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's. I guess that's their way because they couldn't have sentries with guns in Chicken Run. I guess yeah. that, that's their way of having, you know, the sentries is the guard dogs. Yeah. Because it makes more sense on a farm setting. Mm. Well, they did have like I think like a water tower or something that's set up that looks like yeah. the watchtower is in the Great Escape. I thought it was really you know it's really fun the way they have set it up to look exactly like that prison camp. Um, but it's yeah the opening scene of Chicken Run is very dark and it's all set at night time and it's Ginger trying to escape and being caught and stuff. Which is funny because the opening of Great Escape is literally just a military convoy in the middle of the day. Yeah. And with the, the theme music that everybody knows yeah. playing. And it's so like, because they both have real triumphant music playing in that intro, but yeah. the, the Great Escape theme, especially at the beginning, isn't is such a marching song. Yeah. Like it's got a real beat to it. Um, which makes sense, you know? Have you got any more trivia? Uh, for Chicken Run, the, I literally only wrote down one bit of trivia, which is that Chicken Run is the reason that the best animated feature was added to the Academy Awards. Interesting. Because uh, people were so upset that Chicken Run didn't get nominated for a best picture. Hmm. So the following year, they brought in best animated picture to make up for it, and Trek won. Interesting. But yeah, but people really campaigned for Chicken Run to be nominated for best picture. Not, not best animated picture, best picture. Well. Um... And then we're, and then even the academy were disappointed that it hadn't managed to make it in, hmm. which is bizarre. Bizarre, <laughs> but it's interesting. Um, in terms of trivia, yeah, in terms of trivia on the um, Great Escape, I think we've covered it all. So it's largely about the cast over being prisoners of war, Steve McQueen being a dick, um, the fact that the Amer Americans in real life didn't actually escape. Uh, the only other thing was, I thought it was funny that one of the pieces of trivia they include on IMDb for The Great Escape is the film features no female characters. Which uh, is fun because obviously in Chicken Run, it's almost entirely female characters. Yeah. Just, yeah. There aren't any. And I understand that because that's, you know, a prisoner of war movie set in World War Two. Yeah, but even when they escape, when they're like... You know, the guys talking to their resistance in France and stuff like that, going yeah. out to Spain, it's all men. Yeah. No women. There's no female cast members in The Great Escape. They don't exist. Yeah, they're just all extras when they sort of get out of the prison and trying to escape. I don't think... Is there even any women on the train? I think there's yeah. like... I think you see women like walking by on the streets or whatever when they're filming in the city. I think there are a few... But now that you, like, have made me question it... Yeah, I don't remember seeing any women on the train, but I didn't, I didn't, because I obviously read this afterwards, I didn't, like, make notes to try and count how many women appeared in the movie. Yeah. But I don't remember seeing any on the... Oh, I think maybe there's, like, one on the train, maybe? But on, on the streets, you see them walking around, I think, when, um, when Richard Attenborough is running around and trying to hide. And the bus as well. Right. But, um... And the train stop. Yeah, if the train stopped, there's definitely women. Yeah. But there's no... I think they're all extras or else just real people walking by or something, but mm. there's no there's no cast members who are women in the whole movie. Which is funny because it's a massive ensemble cast. Yeah. But 
rock it's interesting. Yeah. But then obviously Chicken Run is yeah. there's you've got Rocky, Fowler and um Mr. Tweedy. Yeah, and all the other characters are female. Well the um the dogs, I don't know. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. They don't have any spoken. Oh, the two rats are male as well. Oh yeah, the two rats. Was it Nick and someone? Yeah. That whole sequence where he's like, oh no, I'll give you every egg I lay this month. And yeah. like, sweet! It's like, yeah. roosters don't lay eggs. <laughs> yeah. It takes them to the end of the thing to go, oh wait a second, roosters don't lay eggs. Yeah. No, I, I, the comparisons are definitely there. There are, It's mm-hmm. more just using scenes and sequences from uh, The Great Escape to populate a piece of um, media with you know, the references that everybody knows. It was definitely, I wouldn't say a copy or a remake. It's, yeah. It's more of a homage almost. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's what I would describe it as, yeah. as an homage to The Great Escape. Yeah, it's definitely not trying to remake The Great Escape, mm. um, but obviously heavily influenced by it. Yeah. Um, but it is an absolutely great film on its own merit. I always found... That style of claymation of Wallace and Gromit yep. guys kind of creepy <laughs> because the animal characters look more real than the people characters. Right. Because the Mrs. Tweedy, such a creepy looking oh, character. Do you know what's really interesting about Mrs. Tweedy is that first time you see Mrs. Tweedy is in the middle of this like really dark scene where you know where's yeah. this big escape, um, and the door opens and everyone is terrified mm. and they show her and she's like in her pink nightgown with her cap on and stuff um so they're like totally you know cutesying up over feminizing her and stuff and everyone is still terrified so you yeah. go into that going like if they're this scared of her when she's like in her underwear looking stupid yeah what is she like on a normal basis like you know so your introduction to her is that no matter how silly she looks Everyone is still absolutely terrified of her. The chickens, the dogs, Mr. Tweedy. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, character. Yeah. Because she comes off as very... um, I'm not going to say the word, but she does come off as the the German sort of commander Mm. in charge of the camp. Yep. Where even the commander of the actual camp in... Uh, the Great Escape is way more lenient. Yeah, so I think if you were to compare her to a character from The Great Escape, she's not the the commander who's looking after the camp. She's the guy who... The Gestapo guy? The Gestapo guy who gets who, them all killed. Yeah, who yep. literally says, if you escape one more time, I'm just going to have you executed. Yeah, yeah. which apparently was, a, was like a charge that was taken against them after the whole thing, like yeah. in real life. Yeah. That was one of the charges against them was that they shot prisoners of war. Yeah. Because that was that's the whole thing is when the after World War One, and we sort of went well we committed a whole bunch of yep. war crimes well we've made them crimes now like no one's allowed to do that anymore yeah and there was a huge difference between oh the classism though still existed like uh, when when pilots were shot down in World War One they were given like you know full meals and. Mm. Um, the Red Baron was famous for that. When he shot people down, he would literally invite them over yeah. to dinner. I think a lot of the characters in The Great Escape are pilots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's obviously, it's a heavy on the... Especially, I think, the Americans. Because obviously, yeah. James Garner's character is a pilot. Because yeah. they steal the plane and go off. Um, but there's a few of them are. 
what what I found really interesting was I had read a little bit of the trivia like during the movie um, as well, and um, I know one of the actors who was actually a prisoner of war had um, been caught in the desert and had managed. He had been in plain clothes and had changed his clothes before they caught him mm. to a uniform. Because if he was wearing plain clothes, they could claim he was a spy and kill him. Yeah. And that's referenced in the movie. It is, yeah. They have the guy and the, the Gestapo guy is like, are you a, he's like, you're wearing normal clothes, are you a spy? And the guy's like, oh no, it's my uniform, I just, you know, had to trim it a bit and had to, had to dye it because there was stains on it or something. Yeah. And I think it is genuinely a uniform that they've done that to. Yeah. To, because that's what they were doing in the prison. Um, but I liked, I thought that was really interesting that that's... You know, that is taken as a direct experience from one of the cast members. Yeah. And they've referenced it in the movie as, you know, if you're a spy, I can kill you. Yeah. I think the, the, the reference to that in Chicken Run was the circus people looking for Rocky. Yeah. Which was interesting because it was sort of like the same sort of premise of, you know, people turning up in the middle of the night and him being like, oh, crap, hide me, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's funny when you look back at um, some of the animated movies from that time and just like, you know, well, they can just almost borderline plagiarise stuff and just been like, yeah, cool, print money. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because obviously, well, though it was DreamWorks, DreamWorks did, I, I didn't even realise that until we were watching it, DreamWorks produced it. Mm. Um, I thought it was Ardman Independent, but they yeah. obviously got some DreamWorks money to get the money in. Um, and... Because I was going to say, Aardman didn't have the same constraints that like Disney would. Yeah. But I guess DreamWorks did a little bit. But DreamWorks at the time, and DreamWorks did The Prince of Egypt, which is quite yeah. dark. Shrek gets a little bit dark places, not, not hugely, but he, Prince of Egypt gets quite dark. I think in Shrek, in the Shrek series, the majority of the dark stuff is implied rather than shown, though. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, oh, then again, it's in Chicken Run, it's quite implied. But you do see... The, the chicken that hasn't laid any eggs when they bring her in yeah. you get to see by shadow Mrs. Yeah. Tweedy chopping her head off which is and it's you know this this setup very early on that you know we know if these chickens don't lay eggs they go to the chopping block yeah. and that's what happens to them and they know that's what happens to them and it's not like in Babe or Gordy where they're like oh they've gone off somewhere they don't want to come back they've no. gone to heaven yeah they know if we don't lay eggs we get our heads cut off yeah Dark, very dark. Yeah, it's quite dark. Um, speaking of budgets, though, because I mentioned it, um, I did take down the budgets for these, but obviously there's going to be a massive difference because The Great Escape was made in 1963. Yeah. So money is different. 40, 40 plus years, well, less yeah. than 40 years of inflation. Yeah. Um, so the budget for The Great Escape was 3.8 million. Which would have been a lot then. And it made 11 million at box office. Mm. Chicken Run, the budget was 45 million. <laughs> and it made two hundred and twenty-four point eight million at box office. That's yeah. a lot of money to bring in for a chicken movie. Yeah, such a good movie though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is a quite a walk of money to bring in. Yeah. Uh, the, the the what I because I've got nothing else to say. Uh, <laughs> I'm struggling here. It's okay. Uh, mainly because I just enjoyed The Great Escape so much that I just didn't write notes down. Like I yeah. wrote events that happened. But yeah. they're not really, there's no comparison, you know, that Rocky didn't celebrate, Rocky wasn't while everybody else was digging, no, they didn't dig a tunnel, they built a plane, yeah. a chicken coop, um, 
he didn't steal a whole bunch of potatoes and then brew moonshine to celebrate no. the Fourth of July. No, but he got the you know he got the guys, the rats, to bring in a radio and got people to yeah. dance and stuff, which I think was their, their equivalent of the Fourth yeah, yeah, of July yeah. scene. Was the you know, um, the the sort of bridge, the yeah, little bridge, yeah, no real bridge. I don't know. I feel like if we're trying to compare scene for scene, I'm trying to figure out. The, the scene where they figure out that Rocky is a fake, I guess, is the closest that they have to that scene where the guys are all shot. Yeah. Where it's just like suddenly, you know, this hopefulness is just gone. Yeah. Um, but obviously in Chicken Run, they do have a happy ending. They do eventually get out. Um, and they live on a chicken island with the rats. Yeah, they've got a little chicken. They, they found a little bird sanctuary and found a little island in the bird sanctuary. Yeah. Living there, which is cute. Which is also disturbing because there's only two males. Yeah, I did think that. Um, like, um, which is something I definitely didn't notice as a child, but I did think that when we were watching it. I was like, hmm, why are there so many chicks? Yeah. When, we've, when like, there's only Rocky and Fowler. Yeah. That's real creepy. Yeah. Unless they were supposed to be all Rocky and Ginger's kids, but I feel no, like no. that's way too many. Or did they find other chickens? Yeah, did they find other other roosters? Hmm. Also escaped from the circus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's some. I mean, there's some interesting things. I took down a few little quotes um, from Chicken Run. It was the one I wrote down was. Um, where one of the chickens says to Ginger, the chances of us getting out of here are a million to one, and she says, then there's still a chance. Yeah. I thought that's a really nice message to have in there, and it's, you know, quite inspiring, yeah. um, which is nice. Um, the only thing I think, I think the only quote I took down for um, for The Great Escape was, uh, it is the sworn duty of officers to try to escape. Yeah. That whole conversation is great, because it's between the like commander of the camp and the captain who's the highest ranking officer in the actual um the, the escapees the, yeah. or the the prisoners rather um and it's like a conversation where the where the the german leader is trying to say to him you know you need to keep your guys in line to make sure they don't try to escape and then the guy's just very calmly is like well it's the sworn duty of these officers to try to escape yeah um, you know and it's, and he's like and to make your life as difficult as possible and the guy's like Okay, <laughs> and that whole conversation is quite comic, even though they're obviously saying it with very straight faces. Yeah, the the thing that I'd like to end it on, from mm-hmm. my point of view, yeah, um, is for a movie that was made in the nineteen sixties, yeah, and we are in twenty twenty one. Yes, that is a long time ago. Yes, almost it years. holds up. Yes, because there's nothing stand out about it that it wouldn't be even like the cinematography is a little dated and the, some of the scenes run on for a long time and I think these days studios and directors and editors would have a little bit more punchy yeah I think it, it still it, really holds up for a, for a movie that's what how many years is that 68 yeah it's a long time ago yeah no, more than that. Sorry, 78. 60, 20, 40. Yeah. Yeah, 78. Yeah. Seven? Yeah, 78 years. Eight. That's, yeah. that's Eight. a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the cinematography is good. I like it as it is. I think if it was made now, it would be a much darker film. 
like yeah, yeah, in tone, but also like visibly darker. I think because you look at the movies with they had POWs. You had to look at the movies that were made by the inspiration of war, like the wars that happened in the eighties, and the big one that stands out is Rambo. And literally the reason that he's freaking out when the cops arrest him is because he's got PTSD from being tortured. Yeah. And you don't see that in The Great Escape. They're all very gentlemanly about it. And they're yeah. all like, you know, even even coming out of, the, like, other than Ives, who's yeah. literally, like, gone fence crazy, or I can't remember yeah. what they called it, um, who just commits suicide because he realises they aren't getting out that day. Yeah. Or, um, in comparison to... Rocky, or not Rocky, damn it, Stallone, <laughs> um, in comparison to Rambo, it's a huge difference. It's a yeah. huge difference of like seeing flashes of what the characters have been through yeah, and having that, that dramatic, like, yeah. um, holy crap, that dark, that dark parts. It's interesting because some of the cast members have been tortured. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, yeah, but they just... <laughs> It's still very stiff upper lip. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, I studied I studied post-war cinema yeah. in, in college. I wrote an essay on it and studied, you know, The Third Man and things like that. Um, the Life and Times or Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. Mm. Um, and a lot of it from around then. So those are the movies that were made roughly between 1945 and 1950 about the war made just post-war. Yeah. Um, and they do have that same kind of air of step over lip and like yeah. being you know still keeping your british mannerisms i think it was very funny that they have those american characters and they're stressed because yeah. they have like a totally different mindset to the to the other guys mm. um which is like when they march up on the fourth of july with their you know their moonshine and their flag or whatever and yeah. they they ask the uh the captain or whatever he is to um to come have a drink with them and he's like oh yes I'll go have a drink with you and it's like but it's so funny and the, you know and that the leader of the whole thing is Roger Bartlett but like you know Steve McQueen and, and James Garner are obviously much more charismatic yeah um, it's really interesting that they use that kind of contrast in there to go like this is what the British soldiers are like and this is what the American soldiers are like yeah definitely holds up yeah yeah. No, it's a good movie. Mm. And Chicken Run holds up. I think Chicken Run... Yeah, well, claymation never ages. That's, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. The CGI and um, even animation, depending on the frames per second. Yeah. Um, obviously, the high-end Disney stuff was really, really brutal on the animators. But yeah. these days, it's all done with computers and there's very little, maybe the original character um, design. Mm. But everything else is done through... CGI. Yeah. A lot of it. I mean, I know um, Princess and the Frog was all hand-drawn. Yeah. Um, it's so brutal. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you, we still see it because obviously in um, a lot of Japanese animation, there's yeah. a lot of hand-drawn stuff. Studio Ghibli do a lot of hand-drawn yeah. stuff and hand-drawn backgrounds and things. But they ain't, they ain't making movies every two yeah. years. It's yeah. like a, there's a big gap in those and they've got different Yeah. I mean, Disney, on. you know, at their, at their most and even now are releasing it every year. Yeah. Um, which you know is really like you said is brutal on the yeah. animators yeah. Um, but I think even with animation like that if it's quite stylized I find this in video games mm. like I still think Grim Fandango st stands up because it is so stylized even yeah. though it was made in 1998 yeah. versus other things that are even more recent than that where they're trying to go for a realistic look and they just look horrible now because now we've got so much better graphics yeah um, without diving too deeply yeah I 
there is a there is a certain forms of um, animation that don't ever sort of age, yeah. and that's claymation because it yeah. looks the same as it did then because you can't make claymation yeah. better. Yeah, you can just have better cameras, but that's uh, the same as live action. Yeah, and um, yeah, the original hand drawn stuff. Yeah, and I think with claymation as well, it's also especially those Ardman stuff. Yeah. it's so stylized. Like if you showed me an Ardman character, I know it was an Ardman character. Yeah. I've never seen them before in my life. That's why movies that do more practical stuff are better. Yeah. Like, just cut the CG, you know. Absolutely. It's like watching the original Lord of the Rings trilogy versus the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah. Where there's all the prosthetics and the, you know, real effects versus mm-hmm. all the CGI. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. Instantly. There's, we could have an entire episode of talking about why the differences between Lord of the Rings <laughs> and the Hobbit exist. <laughs> but we're not. We're talking about the um, egg escaping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I think it wraps up all yeah. nicely. With Absolutely. A, with a, uh, with a, not a bow, but more barbed wire. Barbed wire bow. There we go. Um, okay. So, uh, if you're looking to find us online, we're on It Takes Two, on, oh sorry, It Takes Two Pod on Facebook, It Takes Two underscore pod on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, so that's about it. Yeah. And we'll catch you next time. Stay safe. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.